Hi, I'm Josh Gandy, and you're listening to No Proof. This podcast is an extension of my journey to discover closeness to myself and the outside world. Through mindfulness, the person I'm becoming since sobriety, and the healthy choices I'm learning about along the way. In each episode, I'll be speaking with someone with ties to sobriety, the bar and restaurant industry, wellness, recovery, or all of the above. There's no proof like the present. All right, you're listening to No Proof. As always, I'm Josh Gandy. I'm joined today by uh, somebody special, Geo Thompson. Geo, uh, we met briefly, but I feel like you had a lasting impact on me. You, uh, you're such a joy to be around, uh, and I feel like any of the small interactions that we had usually left uh, one or both of us smiling. I think both of us. Uh, and your <laughs> path that I've uh, seen through social media um, has been just a really inspiring one. So um, I'm I'm glad I've been able to kind of like keep in touch in that department and. Uh, you know, even through words, I don't think it really can come across enough, like how honored I am to kind of have you on the show and to just hear your story and to to have you share uh, your path with all of us. Wow, uh, that that's that's incredible to hear, and that, and that means a lot, uh, especially coming from you, Josh. Um, like I was just mentioning to you a moment ago, like like the show has been a very valuable part of of my personal recovery um, and. My kind of focusing, you know, my my story and my path, wherever that may lead uh, to at some point. <laughs> Hopefully, I figure that out soon. But you know, it's it's uh, it's w- whatever journey I've been on has has uh, has led me here, and uh, that's that's a, that's a good thing. You know, celebrate the positives in life <laughs> that I get to, sure. share, to share my story with you and, and others, and like like others have shared their story with me, and that's that seems to be the the most exciting part about um, most rewarding part about recovery is, is the, the, the storytelling and, and, you know, taking pieces of, of others values and others, uh, others stories uh, and, and uh, where they found their, their truths in life and, and apply them to your, to your own. Um, and again, so like seeing life through recovery is, is, uh, is where I'm at right now. And uh, you know, that's enough about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right about that. And uh, to to know that there are kind of like resources or, you know, pathways to conversations or even people that you can kind of like reach out to when, uh, you know, you're starting out, it's something so personal and you can feel so isolated. Um, but once community opens to you, uh, I, I, I think it's almost like a blinding light of awareness. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Gio, if you don't mind, just kind of... Uh, you know, what's your relation to the industry? What's a little bit of your background? What can we know about you? What to know about me? Uh, I am a uh, quintessential uh, Bostonian, uh, representing the Northeast. Um, one of the many uh, Bostonians who, who uh, work in the uh, restaurant industry and and uh, and kind of push our path of uh, aggressive hospitality, as it's come to be known. Uh, you know, in your face hospitality, get the job done, 
turn that table and leave you with a good experience in the end. <laughs> Have you coming back for more? Um, I have been in the industry. I, I, I am 44 now. I've been in, in the industry since I was 16. Um, you know, uh, start out busing tables at a famous restaurant in Boston called Durgan Park, you know, a big place where you get a, uh, twin lobsters and a bunch of sides and, uh, and leave a sloppy tablecloth for your, your server in, in a white uniform for some reason to get gravy all over. Um, but that was my first experience, a uh, dip into the hospitality business, uh, followed shortly after by a, a summer at Wendy's, which is still one of my favorite jobs I've ever worked. Um, but since then, I worked in chain restaurants, including my favorite pizzeria, Uno's, uh, uh, or Uno's Chicago Grill, as it's now known to be called, and uh, then into fine dining and private clubs and such. Um, I've worn all, all the uniforms in the business. Um, uh, most recently, before the pandemic, I was managing a small uh, music venue uh, in Harvard Square in Cambridge. Uh, and then over the pandemic, before um, the, the rest of my story unfolds, I was bartending at a, at a country club uh, part-time. So I, I've seen it all. Um, you know, the, the industry has provided me uh, a source of income, a, a wealth of friends, a lot of stories, a lot of craziness. Um, uh, uh, led to nearly my downfall, but it's also uh, been a big uh, branch of support uh, in uh, this time as as I've uh, gone to the to the depths and now return um, to rise. You know, like the proverbial phoenix to wherever I'm at at this point. <laughs> so that's that's my journey uh, through the hospitality business. Uh, you know, I love it, I hate it, but it's who I am. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of career paths that uh, it, it feels like your your personality runs parallel with it to some degree. And, um, you know, for a lot of us, that's very positive, but it can definitely kind of have like its negative splints within there. I think as far as like re the relationship to alcohol that I had with like that kind of like pinning my personality um, to the career, it's all it's an easy place to kind of like serve a life on repeat. Um, and, you know, you can kind of like treat Monday the same way that most people treat Friday. And then you just kind of like add a plus sign to all of those. And the days kind of like drag on. Um, and if some of us don't have uh, an inclination or a storyline that allows us to kind of like stop and reflect or stop us dead in our tracks to kind of, you know, put it in our face when we need it, uh, it can be a dangerous place. But I think there's a lot of like positive individuals and conversations going around to make sure that like, you know, not everybody has to have that experience. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, when, when you uh, mentioned the, the, the dragging on, it, it, it reminds me of a, uh, uh, I was a music major in, uh, in college. I went to Tufts University and I was a music major. Um, and I've obviously have used it a lot uh, no, I haven't used it a lot, but it's it's uh, it was a great experience for me, and I, I highly recommend it for those who don't like science or are actually making money in, in their life. But um, my professor uh, always used to say uh, in in uh, in music theory class, um, beware of the Russians and the dragons. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, rhythm uh, rhythmic uh, signatures, beware the the Russians, those who speed up, and the dragons who will bring you down. Um, and I think that relates to the, the general rhythm of our uh, of our lives that we get into, and in this in this industry, when we're in the rhythm, everything's great. But 
but when things speed up or or slow down, uh, that's when you got to watch out. So, a proverb to the next person from a music <laughs> major. <laughs> well, Gio, do you want to drop a pen wherever you feel comfortable to yeah. start us down the path that, uh, of your journey? And you know, we're happy to pick up wherever you, you want to take us. Sure. Um, I guess my my story, as as many of those in recovery, is uh, is uh, one of, of sinking into the depths and, um, and the, the second part, hopefully, uh, which unfortunately not everybody gets to enjoy is, is finding the success in recovery. Um, you know, I was fortunate to rise up on the other side and that's where I am right now and, and fighting every day to, to get to a better place. Um, you know, uh, my downfall, uh, Gosh, I mean, I, uh, my, so I guess, I mean, my, my journey with alcohol kind of goes back to my teenage years. Um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with, uh, with Tourette's syndrome when I was a teenager, you know, I'm, I'm a little twitchy and I got this nervous energy, which I think a lot of kids aren't being diagnosed with it these days because ADHD is such a common, um, you know, a diagnosis. And I, I definitely think uh, I have a lot of that as well as, as I'm, you know, uh, fidgeting right now having this conversation. Um, but I did find uh, the, the the first time I, I got drunk in high school uh, that I didn't have that urge to like twitch, you know, to have a facial tick. Um, and it kind of sparked this like, I'm going to say spark a lot, I guess. Gosh, you know, I need a bit better vocabulary to describe these things. And I guess what, that's what having these conversations is about. But um, I, when I drank alcohol, I didn't have that, um, that energy to, to, to twitch. Uh, and it was exciting um, to not have to move, uh, not have to, you know, because when you have, have ticks, like it's, it's just something that you have to do. Um, uh, and it was just relaxing. And I was like, ah, alcohol is, is kind of cool like that. And obviously I, I got into the business and fell in love with it. Uh, you know, every, every job I was in, I was, as I kind of rose up the ranks, if you want to call it that, uh, you know, I, became, I was really into enjoying the education of it. And I still, you know, I'm constantly seeking out educational adventures and learning everything I can. Um, but I, I was, uh, on a sommelier track and I was the wine guy at this private club. And then I went into working at a, at a more neighborhood restaurant. I became the craft beer guy when, when it was, the market was exploding. Um, uh, you know, I was the natural progression of that these days is to be the cannabis guy, but you know, I just, <laughs> that's where he's going, but, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not into that at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, I always you know, wanted to learn about these things, but also it kind of came to define me. Um, but it's all, you know, in, in the spotlight, I was, I was the beer guy, but you know, behind the scenes, I was still, you know, going home and drinking a six pack or, you know, and it became more and more, um, you know, once I, I got into to management, you know, you, you end up having, it, it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit, uh, or a lot, um, and then you have late nights when you're closing up and, and you have, 
the bar to yourself um, and sitting in the dark, empty room and unwinding and, uh, you know, cracking open whatever. Um, it just, you know, became more and more. Um, and that's that became, you know, what I did. Uh, you know, I've, I've had periods of, of drinking more and drinking less. Uh, but, you know, I was all, always the beer guy, always the wine guy. Um, I always had to, to pick up that six pack after work uh, to bring home and um, you know it's I think it, it was started out as a sugar addiction um, you know getting getting all those calories in and you know that feeling of alcohol to, to relax uh, um, and it just became what you did uh, so <clears throat> You know, I was able to, uh, you know, and still able to uh, accomplish a lot while while having to, to uh, constantly consume um, or enjoying consuming with friends or or by myself. Uh, you know, I was able to, to hold some pretty great prestigious jobs while while uh, you know being an active alcoholic. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's at at some point. It, it was just an everyday thing. It became an everyday thing. And I don't think I was okay with it, but it just, you know, everything kind of tumbles. Uh, and then once I got into the pandemic uh, and I lost some kind of regulation or, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, like a daily, daily tasks and distractions, uh, and there was nothing left but the alcohol um and that just became everything and then it uh, uh nearly took my life so um do you want me to to get into that story at the moment or yeah yeah i mean whatever you're comfortable sharing geo yeah you know? sure sure so uh i guess you know i was working uh at this at that music venue I mentioned earlier and, and we got the call we were shutting down um so all of a sudden I had nothing but time and the way the the unemployment works I was making more money I think a lot of us in this industry discovered that we were making more money of unemployment than we were uh, in our regular <laughs> daily job but nothing was open uh, except for liquor stores it seemed <laughs> so uh, a lot of my time was spent uh, you know just drinking at home and uh um then it was kind of all i did you know waking up at eight o'clock in the morning going down down to the store on my street i could just walk down to the store at the end of the street and, and pick up a four pack of an ipa whatever um or just drive somewhere and sit and you know have a have a few drinks and enjoy nature nature was wonderful listen to a lot of npr it's great um <laughs> a lot of audible books um you know it's, it's uh that that forced isolation uh it's, it's like you're not drinking alone when you have audible or or uh you know all this technology on your phone right you can communicate with anyone you can watch anything that's the the idea of like this that that alcoholic sitting in a dark corner drinking by himself isn't really the case anymore even though you're still drinking by yourself and as much by yourself you're not alone so uh, it's hard to see where the uh, the drop-off point ends. Um, uh, so anyways, back to my point. Um, I end up working at uh, my buddy 
hit me up to bartend at, at this golf club. Uh, and it was great. You know, it was great to be back on my feet. I, I had just been sitting around uh, drinking and, and no gyms were open. So it's getting fat and um, uh, not, not eating very healthy at all. Um, so I was back on my feet uh, working. Um, then I was working these doubles and, and they weren't really feeding us. So at the same time, I was, I was you know, buying that alcohol in the morning, drinking it, going to work uh not eating and then drinking it at home you know so most of my calories were coming from alcohol um which uh surprisingly it was it was okay i had a lot of energy um it didn't seem that bad um until it did uh so i ended up uh starting to get some some uh at some point i started getting some some tingling in my in my hands um and my legs started feeling really heavy and uh you know, so every day I would look on WebMD and, and you know, try to self-diagnose because uh, I had no health insurance at the time. And uh, the best way I could figure out what was going on was that I wasn't getting enough activity and maybe I had thrombosis or something. And, and that's why my legs were so heavy. So I need to, to get compression, everything. So I ended up buying a lot of, you know, <laughs> it was ridiculous. At one point I had compression socks, um, uh, tibial compression, uh, thigh compression, compression boxer, boxer shorts, uh, anything I could buy on Amazon to, to uh, justify this experience of, and, and to say that, hey, I'm doing something and I don't actually have to go to the doctor and, and nothing's actually wrong uh, with me. Um, but things just got worse and worse. Uh, I would have to be in the middle of working these, these bar shifts uh, and would have to request to, to go sit down for a while. Um, so, you know, every half hour I would go sit down, um, put my legs up and then kind of limp back to, to work and, and do the thing. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately I had some, some very uh, caring managers. Uh, my friend Katie was like, you need to go to the hospital. And, you know, I'm, I am, if, if anyone knows me that's listening knows that I'm, I'm a quintessential, uh, stubborn Taurus. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, you really have to have to take a, a book and slam it on my head before I, I, I get woken up to something or literally, um, what, what happened to me to wake me up to, to, uh, taking better care of myself. Uh, uh, so I, I went to the hospital and, you know, they took some blood work, uh, after about six hours, they said my electrolytes are all messed up uh, and gave me some potassium and sent me home. Uh, meanwhile, you know, I got my whole blood panel and, and I sent it to, to my brother, who's an MD. And he's like, they looking at your liver numbers, like they should have not let you leave the hospital at all. Like just wow. outrageous. Um, and but I felt, you know, okay. You know, my mind was okay. I was like, it's it's a minor inconvenience that I have to uh, kind of warm up to walk around. You know, just stand up, and it's it's kind of everything's heavy. But after a while, you start getting moving, and everything's okay. I can still do things okay. Um, there was a point where I woke up and I had double vision so bad uh, that. I had to close one eye to be able to walk around 
uh, in a straight line. And I, I would be driving to this golf course with one eye closed um, just to get there. And I would be, I was working these shifts, you know, with, with, with like one eye half closed. I remember they put me on this party of, of 40 by myself. <laughs> I, was, I was limping around, uh, you know, could barely see. Uh, and somehow I, I pulled it off. I, I don't know how I pulled it off and, and they tipped me graciously, but, but that was, that was quite an experience that, that I'll remember forever. Um, so towards the end of, of that, it just kept on getting worse and worse. Um, and, uh, I went to, uh, a doctor again, um, an internal medicine doctor at the, the hospital that I had gone to the ER before. And when I was at the ER, they had done a, they had done a liver scan. Um, and this guy, uh, internal medicine guy who reviewed it, um, said basically I, I had fatty liver, uh, uh, or alcoholic liver disease, um, based on the images that, that he saw, uh, uh, which, how do you take you know, that? I, wasn't, I mean, I, I wasn't that surprised, uh, you know, given, given my health condition and like the fact that like I had aches uh, on my rib cage and, and in the back, um, but it's pretty crazy to hear that, right? Like, as you can imagine, with any diagnosis, um, uh, you know, I think I had been drinking a little bit that day before that appointment. So, like, you know, I kind of took it okay. And uh, as soon as I left there, uh, uh, you know, I, I drank some more that night, and you know, whatever carried on in, in my state of denial. Um, so, was there a part of you that maybe thought? I should seek a second opinion. There's, there's no way it could be that. Oh, or... oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there's no way that anything's wrong with me. You know, I, I still don't think anything's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidly, you know, it's, it was, it was, uh, how'd yeah, you so... get the, how'd you get the words to stick then? How did it, how did it make yeah, sense so for you? It, it never made sense until an absolute, um, rock bottom moment where I was, you know, I, at some point I, uh, I couldn't get to work anymore to, to that job. And then at some point I couldn't even get to, I couldn't even get up on my bed. Like I, I I would stand up and I would just fall over and I would have to crawl to the bathroom to use it. And I couldn't lift myself up like on a bed that that was 10 inches off the ground um I just had no strength and I couldn't really move my legs and I had been kind of talking to to my brother my brother was trying to set up these appointments um for this local hospital this doctor that he knew and I couldn't get there and I I didn't have health insurance that I didn't want to do do an ambulance having come into my house and so I was like whatever I'll be fine I'll figure it out and and, uh, you know, one morning I'm lying on the ground, uh, you know, surrounded by, um, you know, imagine, imagine not being able to leave your room or, or throw away any trash because you can't get downstairs. And my room is just an absolute mess. And, and I hear a knock on my door uh, while I'm lying on the floor. And it's, it's my dad, um, you know, who had gotten into my apartment, come up to the second floor 
he'd never been to the house before and it's like we're taking you to the hospital um and i was like you're not effing taking me to the hospital i'm fine don't worry i'll be all right and i wouldn't even open up the door i didn't want him to see the condition that that i was living in or the condition that i was in um so i made them go my dad and my mom who were in their mid 70s you know i made them go sit outside for a while i was like oh i'll clean i'll, I'll clean myself up I'll, I'll come meet you downstairs and and i tried for about an hour to 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 get up and i couldn't um so eventually they had to come open the door and you know it took about an hour for me to get down uh you know, two small landings um, with their support, you know, like I'm about, about 210, 215, and, you know, them trying to, you know, two 75-year-olds uh, trying to support my weight um, coming down these stairs uh, when I had no stability at all. Um, at one point, we finally got outside. Um, you know, I went to stand up and I fell over my on my mom and, and my knee collapsed and I thought I had broken my leg uh, they tried to get me in, into the car for a while and I couldn't even get up on uh, like from the ground onto the seat of the car uh, so they had to take me on an ambulance um, and then I went to the hospital um, so yeah, that was that was quite a quite a moment. Uh, but uh, what happened in the there, hospital? Did you yeah. did like did you get that change in in mindset? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, they figured out pretty quickly something was wrong with me, even though I I didn't think think anything was wrong with me. But uh, basically, you know how many times I I heard uh, you can never drink again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I still had alcohol in my system. Um, so, yeah. So, so at, the, at that point, obviously, they're just giving me fluids. Um, and I can't move. I can't get up. My my hands don't work. My, my legs don't work. Um, so I was transferred to a neurology department in, in Boston, Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital. And from there, just, you know, I was there for or five months. No, I was there for, for a month, uh, just being poked and prodded by neurologists and, and every, every kind of tests in the world, uh, spinal taps, et cetera, steroids, uh, until I finally started to get better. But, uh, so long story short, uh, you know, I, I had contracted, I had come down with some kind of nerve condition, um, that, that, uh, related to alcohol and related to a lot of bad nutrition, um, and possibly related to another nerve condition that, uh, called Guillain-Barre, um, kind of all came together in this, this toxic cocktail in my body to, to make me not, not be able to walk, um, and not be able to function. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's the, the, the really bad part of my story. Uh, it gets better from here for all of the listeners, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I don't want anyone to forget that, you know, I, I've got a visual on you, I record these on zoom. Yeah. So, you know, the, the voice is, you know, a beaming, smiling man, uh, <laughs> who can get up and down. 
Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of want to, you know, I want to put it through that filter now, you know, yep. mm-hmm. um, you know, the part of the journey that we see for everybody that follows you on social now, you know, that we mm-hmm. see these gym selfies, we see mm-hmm. a man of like incredible strength. We see, uh, you know, a charming personality and smiles yeah. and, and happiness. Um, how does it kind of like feel to look back in those moments now and to kind of like compare it to where you are? Cause it sounds like there were those moments of just kind of like uncertainty and just kind of, you know, you living in your own head, not really wanting to like meet reality, uh, but yeah. to kind of like grow from that and to become who you are now. How, how, how are you now? Uh, I am, I'm doing great. Um, I am doing the best I have in a long time. Um, I am still uh, taking some medication related to my nerves, um, uh, which the, no, it's yeah. I'll talk about that in a second. But but as far as as my general condition, it's it's been a long journey. Um, you know, I I had no strength. Like I said, I lost I lost forty five pounds, um, and uh, now I'm back to the weight I was before, uh, but in a healthier version of that. Uh, my mind is is a lot more focused. You know, my eyes aren't sunken in anymore. Uh, or red in bloodshot from, from drinking all the time. Uh, I'm 497 days sober. So I'm almost to that 500 mark, which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, according to, to my, uh, I am sober app, I've saved almost $15,000, um, in money I would have spent. Um, so <laughs> I am doing wonderful. I, I, uh, have, am so fortunate to have been, uh, to have the parents uh, I have uh, that provide so much support and like literally I've been living under the roof for the last year and they're the best roommates I've ever had. Uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, and to have the support of the, the Boston uh, hospitality community, like they did a huge fundraiser for me. I want to shout out so many brands, but I know that I shouldn't right now, but with my friend uh, Donald uh, and my friend Palmer uh, put together this this big fundraiser that raised so much money for for me to be able to take this time that I I needed to to get back to the point where I am looking at um, getting back to work somewhere. Um, You know, my uh, physically, again, like, like I said, I have gotten back to the, the, my normal weight in in a, in a better way. I'm stronger. I, I work out every day now. Uh, I listen to self-help books while I'm working out, <laughs> you know, on Audible. It's, it's, I've listened to your podcast. I, you know, like I listen to sober cast and listen to, to sober people's stories. Um, I'm not really one for, for going to meetings, but those, those have been great just to, to, to share in other people's journeys and, and take, you know, you take those little pieces of things that, that may apply to you in your future. Um, you know, so like, I'm not a religious person, but I, I certainly am blessed by by my community and the fact that I've been able to bounce back so quick. Um, my, my liver numbers are, are perfect. You know, I, like, I, I don't think there's any, any, uh, damage that, well, not me, but my doctors don't think there's any, any damage that I need to be concerned about as far as, uh, you know, have beyond not drinking at all, um, having a normal diet, you know, like I need to work on my cholesterol. That that's about it. But I think that's pretty normal for a 45, 44 year old person. Um, so I mean, and then 
and now I get to to, to share my struggles and, and my journey back to uh, to where I am, and then that's 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 why I want the, the focus of, of everything to be. I want I want everyone to see, you know, what I've been through, what what can happen if, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't eat right, if you don't find the balance and things. And I also want you know to to show that like you can bounce back, and then you can also find uh, you know success in, in this industry. You know, being a sober person uh, and, and not you know, having to, to have those struggles and that, that if you can handle, you know, this is the positive, I mean, positive is that if you can handle the stress of working in this business, when you're, you're half or full in the bag, this business becomes business and life becomes a lot easier when you're sober <laughs> and, and so everything is so much easier. It's, it's wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> what if you, what have you learned about yourself through this process? Because, um, you know, even as you were telling that story, you described yourself as stubborn. And then you kind of like yeah. walked us through a lot of like stubborn moments where even like the mm -hmm. refusal of help or the refusal to accept uh, was kind of like your your leading uh, definition for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. But then I think you know, for me, at least like hearing this, as soon as you open the door to your parents, it sounds like you never closed it. What's yeah. your mindset been in learning about yourself and kind of like learning the comforts of uh, community? And where are you at kind of mentally through all of this now? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, uh, I've, I've learned that I'm just as crazy uh, sober as, as I was when I was drinking. I thought that a lot of my those personality traits were brought upon by substances, and no, they're actually me. Um, so I guess I I should give myself uh, more credit and uh, take more blame for how I acted when I was drunk. I guess uh, you know that that those things that you think you're gonna miss that you're this you're not gonna be the fun guy you were before. It's it's still there. Um, uh, you know, you just, it, you need to find a way to to you know taper the anxiety a little bit. Um, you know, in social situations, whether that's having something in your hands, you know, non-alcoholic beers have been a big thing for me when I go out. Um, you know, just to have that that something in my hand, and then it's okay. Like I can still be myself. Um, I've learned that I have so much more to offer than uh, what I have been giving uh, to my community. And I, I you know, I've been told I, I give a lot to my community and I, I know I can give more. Um, I have, you know, I have doubted myself so much in the past and, and not taken paths to greater success in my career because of anxiety. Um, and a lot of that has been from alcohol, uh, a lot of doubt um, that I can do whatever, and you know, not picturing myself in in the shoes of someone that has that success, um, and always feeling like the world was against me um, in a lot of ways, and, and a lot of resentment towards towards people that were more successful than myself. Um, so finding a way to to see that that I'm capable of those things and also 
um, finding some way to to forgive myself for for not taking those um, not being the, that kind of person that would take those opportunities is something that I'm, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, and and learning about myself. You know, I I I don't I'm not going to therapy or anything like that. So I mean, a lot of these this is this is the most I've spoken about sobriety, honestly, <laughs> is with you at, at this point. And and my uh, I I need to give a lot of credit to my cousin who's 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 uh gosh like she's been sober for a long time and helped me so much through all this so i I don't want to take any credit away from her emma i love you you've been been awesome but you know i'm not i'm not one to to seek out conversations which is why i i do the audible things and and the the things that the input is is a lot of my my therapy at this point as as opposed to the output um so again like it's you know it's things aren't Things aren't as bad as I as I thought they were, you know. There's there's it's still not things aren't aren't perfect, but hey, you know, um, I, you know, once once you get down to that point, that that kind of that rock bottom feeling, and hopefully no one else that's listening to this has to go through what I did to to bounce back to where I am. Um, but uh, you know, once like you you realize that 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 some moments are, are precious, uh, are more precious than you, you thought. And, and the, the, the friends and family that you took for granted are, that are there for you. And, and, and that those moments are, are so incredibly valuable. Um, you know, just finding that graciousness has, has been a big part of my recovery. Um, so strength and graciousness and, and I, I and I want to, to to be a positive voice for my community however i can um you know i i think uh i think i'm taking those steps towards that point but you know i can always be better and that's what that's what the next phase of my life is going to be instead of tearing myself down i build myself and, and others up better that's awesome i love that geo what's um what's next what are you excited about what do you look <laughs> forward to when you wake up I look forward to to going to the gym and having that that headspace uh, to to make myself better, to to reflect and and visualize myself being stronger mentally and physically. Uh, I I look forward to uh, seeking out new opportunities. Um, you know, being a being a better hospitality person, uh, being better in my career um you know taking these these uh the next generation of kids in boston and and um giving them a little bit of what uh what makes us great um and you know giving to that next generation uh my experience um both both uh, the ups and downs um but you know trying to make others more successful and not following the paths that that I went through um you know I guess those are uh I I don't have kids or pets but you know I I I guess the uh the next generation of of restaurant employees are gonna be the ones I take under my wings and and kind of maybe keep them away from from some of the the bad stuff you know I mean I don't know I don't know (laughs) it's uh that's a big question you know it's right now I'm just trying to exist right trying to get better uh but you know I, I I'm more hopeful than I was a year ago 
and that's big. That's really um, big. I'm more hopeful. I'm more hopeful every day. Um, and I just gotta, you know, take it as it comes, you know. And uh, oh. and that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Geo, thanks for being on the show. And yeah. uh, I was glad to have you on here. And I think I speak for everybody that knows you that we're glad to have you. And yeah. thanks for walking through that door when you did. Of course. Thank you so much, Josh. That's no proof. Thank you for listening. And if you liked what you heard or are interested to hear more, make sure to like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music was written and recorded by my brother Kyle right here in Columbus, Ohio. To pick up an NA enamel pen and other great barware, head to moverandshakerco.com. More info and other shows like the Focus on Health podcast with Alex Jump can be found at fohealth.org. That's focusonhealth.org.